1: Yes, yeah, is a this is a he's a talented player. Notre Dame's not, I mean, there's there's work to be done there,
2: but I think Notre Dame's gonna have a nice cycle in the portal this yeah. year. Though. I f- I feel it. I feel it in my Well there's mind.
1: there's three guys that we know about right now that we feel good yeah. about. Yes. And then there's a couple other guys that we know they're looking at that if like, yep. boy, if you can get a couple of those guys, yep. again, it's not gonna be high numbers, but it's gonna be because va- like I feel like this year's portal class was was very much a success. Yeah. And I don't know that a lot of people feel that way because Sam Hartman wasn't as good as we hoped. But I'm like Thomas Harper and Javante Jean Baptiste were excellent portal pickups this year, like excellent. They were starters on a top ten, borderline top five defense this year, Ryan, and very important starters on that kind of defense this year. Spencer Schrader started off really rough and finished really strong. So yep. I think even though it wasn't, you know, there were some guys that didn't pan out. That's always going to be the case. Yeah, I think overall this was a very strong portal class for Notre Dame. When you, when you, when you look at it, it's just, the, it was underrated the,
2: too. It was really yeah. Underrated. And Sam
1: Hartman, not panning out. is going to have a lot of people thinking like the portal wasn't good to Notre in this year. The portal was, you take, take Javante John Baptiste off this defense. Right. It looks a little different. Now I'm not saying it's, it's still not very good, but he definitely made an he impact. He's your best defensive
2: end by pretty. the end of the year. I mean, he's yeah. a really good player. So, yeah. yep. All right. We had a super chat from Raymond Harton. What's up Raymond? Thank you so much, sir. What's up, IB Nation? Has the quarterback for the bowl game been set? Sorry if I missed it. Go Irish! It might be a more a more interesting question about the Oregon State quarterback depth chart right now, Raymond. Right. But yes,
1: yep. Well, Ryan, I don't I don't know. We don't know whether Sam Hartman is or is not playing in the bowl game. Last we heard from Marcus Freeman, he said he was. Yeah, we've heard and until he he might not. I mean, there's but, but again, a lot of that stuff is just. I mean, there's so many crazy rumors going around. Like yes, I just is. you know, so I I don't quite know we'll find out here as we get as they start practicing more we hope to have more word on whether or not he will or won't play Sam Hartman will or won't play and then if he doesn't then what do you do yep. I mean you'd think you know Steve Angeli is going to start in that case but my hope would be that Notre Dame would start him but still have a Kenny Minchie plan they need a Kenny Minchie plan if they're going to do that I agree but uh right now if Sam Hartman is going to play then you let Sam Hartman play and you go out and try to win a football game yeah that's that's what it comes down to for yep. me
2: it's still a much better situation in Oregon State right now, Raymond. I don't know if you were on the show when I said this earlier, but they're going to be down. DJ Uyungale is in the portal, as is Aiden Childs, also in the portal. So they're going to have that goof, Gustafson guy or whatever the heck his name mm-hmm. was that that started last year a little bit for Oregon State. I would anticipate that would be who's starting in the bowl game for Oregon State more than likely. So we'll mm-hmm. see, man. We shall yep. see. But, uh, yeah, I like that one. We had another Super Chat from Aiden Banami. Thank you so much, as always, for the Super Chat. Parents willing to throw hands. Once I heard Sean Davis explain the wide receiver room and it was that bad, just wow, that's crazy. LOL. Great rant, Sean.
1: Yeah, I, I um, it was bad. And I don't really care what other people say. I mean, just some of the stuff I see I, – I'll send you a tweet that I saw today, Ryan, that was just yeah. – so absurdly stupid. Uh, I've seen
2: I've seen a bunch of tweets,
1: man. Yeah. I think I said
2: I one, no. you one the other day, right? Yeah, about, yeah, about BJ and, and yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. So there's just a lot of stupidity out there, but <laughs> yeah. it is what it is. But you know what? That's in the past. And honestly, I'm tired of talking about him. Yeah. But I appreciate the super chat. We got a couple more from my Dan here. We got to get to.
2: I didn't says thank you so much for the super chat. We always appreciate it. Surprised to see on the board Eli Raritan passes holding stays. Didn't expect that. Thought he would be tight end one. Any other reasons for leaving? The Marcus Freeman effect is here.
1: No, I, I don't. I haven't heard anything negative about Holden. I think Holden yeah. just wants an opportunity to, to be the guy, and yeah. and I understand it. I don't, I don't like it. I don't like just the general nature of you, it's not working out for you after two years, so you leave. Yeah, you know, Especially, I mean, a guy like, that played can, a ton, can, can but your, I would
2: just like them to at least got his degree, right? right? Like, I mean, yeah.
1: But that's just that's just where we are, unfortunately. But not every kid that leaves is leaving because he has like ill will towards the coaches or the team, or some kids are just like, I love it here, but I gotta get mine, I gotta look out for me. And we very much have that now. I gotta look out for me, I gotta do what's best for me. And you know, there's a time and a place for that. I, I think the the nature of the portal time frame makes it impo- uh, harder for some of these kids to stay through the bowl game sure again don't like it understand it some guys will but you know especially for undergrads it's just a little bit of a tougher situation but no i haven't heard anything about that and it and it's not that holden's afraid of competition i just think he's looking at it saying like look these are we're, all these we're all going to play i want right. to go somewhere maybe where i can be the guy and he, even if he's tight end one, he's not going to be the guy sure. in the same sense that Michael Mayer was because there's just so much town around him and he's not Michael Mayer. Right. So, uh, and, and when I say passed him up, it's not like Holden wasn't playing a bunch. It was just kind of like you, you saw the writing on the wall. Like, and here's the deal. Holden had a great game against NC State. Great game. He had a big role in that victory for Notre name. Yeah. And he just could never build on it. And you say, well, he didn't get a chance. Yeah, he did. The very next week against Central Michigan, Mitchell Evans was hurt, and Holden was the guy, and he didn't play well. He had a drop ball on third yeah, down. He just didn't it. play well. Yeah, you know, he had another key third down drop later in the year, and and then when Mitchell gets hurt, he doesn't step up and play well after the pit game either. You know, didn't really do a whole lot against Clemson, and and so you're, you're, and when when Eli got his chance. Eli stepped up and made plays. I mean, and he was open on times when he wasn't getting the ball, and he was a much better blocker. That's the other thing, too, is Eli Raritan and Holden Stage. you could argue, are similar pass game weapons as far as production, big plays. You could argue that. I think Eli's a little bit more dynamic. Holden's a little bit more of a re- receiver-ish type of guy. But when you counter the fact that Eli is a significantly better blocker than Holden, that's where it comes from for Notre Dame. So, sure. we, you know, if you got Eli Raritan in the game – I don't have to sub out if I want to go uh, with a power run game. Just keep going with them. Yep. So it's just like, but he said, this is the Marcus effect, Marcus Freeman effect. I mean, that that's true. When you recruit like this, you, some guys are going to get passed up by better players. And they're going to leave. It's just the nature yep. of the world we live in. It doesn't mean that there's problems at Notre Dame's. There were clearly mm-hmm. problems in the receiver room. Sure. The rest of the stuff we've seen is just normal.
2: Yes. You know, normal portal stuff. Yep, and Holden will have a lot of suitors. He'll find. He'll find oh a yeah, hero, he's, good
1: football yeah. I mean, he's a good football player. He's a good football player. I mean, and, and mm-hmm. I got no. I've got no ill will over Holden. My issues with Holden's decision were more about just the nature of where we are yeah. in the college football landscape, more yeah. so than G Holden Stace is immature or Holden Stace isn't a competitor. I, I don't believe any of those things. It's right. just the world we live in right now. Yeah. I just and really like
2: guys get their degree before they agree. leave, man. I just really like that. But yeah, not my decision though. Not I'm hoping
1: decision. he goes like to Georgia Tech or something like that. I mean, cuz I I really like what they the, what Brent Key did there with that was team he, this year.
2: Wasn't he Was he committed to Penn State, Penn State before State. Notre Dame? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But
1: he's a Georgia kid. So yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, he was he was committed to Penn State. Notre Dame got on him. He decommitted and came to Notre Dame. And
2: Penn State's missing a lot of. Uh, they're losing Theo Johnson this year and Tyler Warren. So God, he's, inside Theo ends.
1: Johnson's already done. Man, that his his career went by fast. I just remembered him committing. It seemed like it was I'm, like a year ago.
2: I'm told Theo Johnson is going to blow up in the pre-draft yeah. too. Apparently at like six six two fifty five, he's going to run like four four something. Man, uh, <laughs> No, No,
1: Ryan, you're wrong. You are no Penn State kids never go to the combine and blow up right. the combine. Never, right. never. Yeah i'm being sarcastic there for people I, I,
2: I heard he might break like the tight end record as far as like the relative athletic score stuff as far as like the numbers he's going to post which is pretty outrageous so which he will beat zach Koontz, who i think was also at penn state originally right yeah yeah, he had yeah. all those
1: knee injuries yeah he was a good player <laughs> notre dame tried to recruit zach Koontz coming out of high school
2: he was he was good at old dominion when he could finally yeah. stay healthy too man He yeah. was really good but yeah. <laughs>
0: For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Right,
2: Another one for mine. Thank you so much. LOL. I love to see all the peeps on Twitter shocked by all the news last week. All this was spoken about prior on IB and the boards, more recruitment, um, more recruitment. I don't New, know what that was. I
1: think it meant to be. Um,
2: yeah, News, more recruitment so. news. Maybe.
1: Okay. Here's the funny thing. So there was like, there was a, a a gentleman and I'm not meaning to disparage him because he says he listens to the show and I appreciate all that, but he just jumped on the yep. boards and his first post that he ever makes was basically coming at me for the news about Chancey Stuckey. Basically saying nobody else was reporting this, so it can't be true. I saw that, yeah. And so I I don't care to get into that. But then people start responding to him. Some people didn't respond well. Some people respond with things, and they're like, "Well, we knew this and we knew that." And he's like, "What do you?" He goes like, "What issue with Caleb Smith?" He's like, "What are you talking about?" And like, and I'm like, "Maybe you're kind of should be picking up a pattern here, buddy. That all these people (laughs) at Ours Breakdown are very aware of all these things that have been going on for the last year, and you had no idea that maybe, maybe this is the reason you should be on the message board at HoursBreakdown.com." But the other thing too is like. The people like Iden who have been around a long, they know when we're dropping hints on stuff, right? They know when we're like, we can't talk about it right now, but there's more afoot here than than what you guys think. Yeah. That's why I've been a little bit more maybe forgiving of Jared Parker, yeah, than I might otherwise be in a, in a just a normal circumstance because this isn't this is just one example, but there's a lot more behind the scenes going on that. If addressed, I think should fix some things, and then we'll truly find out if he is the guy or not, at mm-hmm. OC. And of course, but this was the big one. It's not even just from the the stuff that was going on with the players, but also just the coaching was subpar. Sure. And and if you want to run cover for that, go for it. But I mean, just watch film. Yeah, I mean, just watch the film.
2: But I appreciate you, man. Tom Connor with the super chat. Thank you, Tom. Did Tommy Reese have a big influence bringing in Chancey Stuckey by memory? Say yes. Am I wrong? I mean, that was the big thing, right, Brian? I mean, well, it, was it was kind of a split so, It was decision, more so John man. McNulty.
1: So okay. basically, John McNulty coached Chancey Stuckey in the NFL. Gotcha. John McNulty advocated for Chancey Stuckey to Tommy Reese. So Tommy Reese trusted John McNulty, who then trusted Chancey Stuckey. So it was Tommy. He had a big influence because Coach Freeman ultimately was going to let Coach Reese decide who he wanted. I don't agree with that. I mean, you're the head coach. Ultimately, you should pick who you want. Yeah. But it is what it is. I mean, I also think that, you know, coordinators should have a say. I think in this instance, he gave him too much of a say. It ended up working out in some regard because you ended up getting some good players. But, of course, half, you know, half those guys are gone now. But, yeah, that was more of a Tommy Reese thing. But that was because of Coach Reese's relationship with John McNulty. And that's the other, I think that's the other reason, too, why I, I, I think a change needed to be made is because the two people that were responsible for bringing Chancey Stucky in are not here anymore. So it's kind of like even if the personality stuff wasn't happening, the the coaching was such that if there's someone you think is better, you should always be looking to, like to, to improve. There's no doubt. Sure. Sure. And from what I know of Mike Brown, I'm much more confident that the receiving core is technically going to be coached at a much higher level and mentally coached at a much higher level next year than they were this year.
2: Well, opinion. that's, that's why I feel better about this, honestly, because I mean, cause there was obviously interest in going a different wide receiver coach route. And then obviously the influence there pushed more towards Chancey Stucky, but it seems like right from the get-go, Brian, I mean, there's no doubt that this was Marcus Freeman's guy, right? Mike Brown. Like, it just seems like that's the guy he wanted. That's the guy that he had zeroed in on. And for the most part, like Marcus Freeman's had some good hires, you know what I mean? So like, I'm, sure. I'm going to trust it. I'm going to trust it.
1: Well, who did he bring in that he coached with at Cincinnati? Let's see.
2: Well, Mike, Mike Mickens Mike was already here, Already right? here, but he, he kept yeah. him.
1: Yep. And then Brian Mason. Gino, Gino. Yeah. And Gino. Yep. Two of those three that yep. he worked with at Cincinnati are pretty freaking good.
2: Yeah, Brian Mason is G- very good. Yeah. Gino's yeah. a
1: bigger question mark right now. Sure. But the other two guys he brought in that he worked with at Cincinnati and then Jared Parker, who he brought in from, you know, worked with the Purdue. Purdue days, now we'll yeah. find out, you know, what kind of OC Jared Parker can be, you know, moving forward. But the one thing I, I think we can all agree on, he's a pretty good tight ends coach. Oh, he's a really good tight ends coach. You know, yeah. and, and yeah. so again, as a, just take the the coordinator part out, he was brought here as the tight ends coach. I think did a pretty good flipping job at that position. And and so just as pure position coaches, and he worked with Al Washington for a year. I thought Al Washington did a, did a really nice job this year he as a did. coach. Yeah. so none of the guys that he's worked with have done poor jobs outside of you could argue you know coach goduli didn't have a great year but you know to me it, it's I, I somebody asked me about the job that that gino goduli did this year Let's see if I can find that question you know the what's my thoughts on gino goduli and and I'll be honest I have a hard time forming an opinion on Gino goduli because it's like, how much can you really break a six-year senior technically, yep. mentally? I just – I mean, it could be Coach Stuck – or it could be Coach Gadouli's issue. Maybe that's the problem. I I don't know the answer to that. I, I don't know enough about the inner workings of it. I know that Sam Hardman struggled to read defenses the second half of the year. I know he struggled to get out of funks and games. Some of that was there at Wake Forest. It was, I mean, you know, he had a tendency in games where if he threw a bad pick early, it would just kind of snowball. We saw that in his career. Yeah. But you just, you kind of hope that there'd be some improvement, but I mean, how much of that can I really put on Gino Godouli? I don't know. That's the thing is right. And I genuinely don't know. And so I have a hard time really kind of feeling, I don't know what to make of Gino Godouli. I think next year is going to tell us a lot, but then it's like, but if they get Riley Leonard, it's like, you're in the same boat again. You know, I don't. Sure. I don't know how to necessarily evaluate that. Now, if Riley Leonard regresses from what he was in 2022 and early in 2023, yep. then you could start to say, okay, here's a problem, or we, right. we've identified a problem. But
2: yeah, well, yeah. I I think it's going to be more more similar. Like, Riley Leonard's system is a lot more similar to Notre Dame's than what Wake Forest was to Notre Dame's, right? So I think Especially there's going to be a little with little more translatable. What we
1: think Jared Parker wants this offense to look like. Exactly. I would agree. Yeah. I think he, it's. To your point, Ryan, it is definitely an easier transition as the offense was in 2023. Right. But so I, I think I, we're going to see yeah. G- Jared Parker kind of meet Riley Leonard more in the middle because yep. I think Riley Leonard is more of what Jared Parker wants in a quarterback, a guy sure. that can sit in the pocket and hurt you, but also yep. can do damage with his legs when things break down yep. or some design runs. Because, again, right now we've known Jared Parker to go after two quarterbacks, one yes. transfer, one high school. Riley Leonard, deuce night. These yep. two things do not look like the top two quarterbacks in the can,
2: roster. At Notre Dame right you now. you could even throw you can even throw uh, Rizak's brother into this conversation because he's true. also a dual threat kid that they're getting as a um Anthony Rizak is also a man. dual threat quarterback from Omaha West Side that they're getting in as a preferred ne- walk on.
1: Nebraska's Mister Football by yes. the way. Yes. This <laughs> past season,
2: really good player, man. I still can't believe that kid didn't have more offers, man. I can't believe it. I'm just well, like, all right. <laughs> I-, I want.
1: Does he have no offers at the division? No, no, he line? has like.
2: He has so it's just basically the military schools and then a bunch of okay. FCS schools. So that's what he's got. Yeah.
1: Because I I wonder if it's because is he adamant about playing quarterback? Is that I th- why? I
2: think he would like to. Yeah. Okay. That's what it that might like. be
1: why. Because I look at that kid, I'm like, I would offer him as a athlete if I was like some Sunbelt team or a Mac team or A Mac a team Dino's, at least, right? Oh you know, yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. hey, we'll give you a shot at quarterback. But man, yeah. if you if you don't make it a quarterback, like I mean, if, if Daquan Finn can play quarterback at Toledo, I can at least give this guy a shot his first freshman year. Yeah, and see if he can yeah. stick or not, and if he can, I can go have him play somewhere else. Did you see that interception he threw at the end of that game,
2: the Quan Fin? Yeah,
1: oh, I saw. It. Yeah, what a great yeah. win for the Fighting Chuck
2: Martins. Dude, so I can not believe happy. it, man. I thought Toledo so was going to win that him. game kind of handedly because they were in My- their, they were, oh Miami, Ohio had their backup quarterback in. too. Yeah. So, and Miami you know, won that game handily, at yeah, least at the end
1: anyway. That's what I meant. Yeah, no, I know you said you thought Toledo was going to win handily. I oh, agree yeah. I yeah. agree with you, but it was the opposite, because Ryan. If we would have talked, previewed this game, I'd have been like, you know. Miami's had a great yeah. year. I love what they've yeah. done, but Toledo's just got way too many athletes for Miami. My, That's what I would have my, said before the game.
2: Miami, Ohio's got some defensive linemen, by the way, yeah. man. The Caden Wollard kid is a 6'5", 255-pound sophomore. He played at uh, – what, what's what's Tommy's former school? Massillon, Ma- 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 or how, how do you Mas- pronounce Mas- that? Mas- Mas- Massillon, yeah. Washington, or whatever, and he's he's a good player, man. He's a really good player. So
1: Yeah. I like Tommy. Like Lake Forest? Oh, not Tommy Reese? Okay. No, Tom, no. <laughs> no Tommy guns. guns, man. Yeah, Come on. Tommy Guns. <laughs> the member
2: of ID Nation, not Sorry. the coordinator uh, at Sorry, Alabama. Sorry, Tommy. Sorry, yeah. buddy.
1: Sorry. Ugh.
2: All right. So we have Michael Lass who says, who's up for strength and conditioning coach?
1: Don't know. I yeah. honestly have not heard a single name with that. And honestly, I haven't asked. Guys, I haven't had a minute to breathe. With all the stuff going on, it's yeah. like the strength coach is the last thing on my mind. It shouldn't be because it's an incredibly poor yeah. hire. Just anytime I'm talking to somebody, I just forget to bring it up because there's always something new and yes. pressing that it's a busy needs time to be But uh this week as things kind of um kind of calmed down a little bit. I'm hoping to be able to try to do some digging on that and we'll see what we can find out. But uh yeah, Mike, and Michael's got another one coming up, but I I haven't heard anything on that.
2: Yeah. And we had the next question. Michael also asked college football is returning to tramp athletics in 1890s. Tramp play athletes. What did I say? Athletics, my bad. athletics. Yeah. It's returning to tramp athletes in the 1890s, players moved from school to school, selling their services. Even in season education was optimal back to the future. Optional. Yeah. That's what I said. Didn't I? you so said optional. optimal. I thought it's optional. That's okay. all good. Um,
1: Ryan, for me, this is a two way street and it's, and it's bad both ways because mm-hmm. there's just this opinion that fans have. And it's understandable that these kids are just jumping in the portal and a lot are, but there's also a lot of kids being told to jump in the portal. They're being told they don't have a home that they, Hey, you're not going to play for us. You need to transfer. That's happening a lot more than you think. Don't assume that every kid that jumps in the portal is just some kid that wants an NIL payout. He wants more playing time and opportunity, he wants all these things. That is certainly true. And there's a, a a lot of kids that are looking for that, but there's a lot of kids as well that are being told you don't have a home here anymore. And so, you know, you, you've got to find somewhere else to go. So, um, yeah, Michael, I, I don't like it. I was talking with a buddy of mine today. I don't like it. I, I think that there need, I, you know, between the old system and this system, they were both broken. This one is more broken. I'm I'm all for players needing the opportunity to leave. Uh, the notion that, well, you know, kids kids have more freedom now. You know, they, they, they shouldn't be stuck for four years in a play. No, they were never stuck. They were never stuck at a school. There was no rule that said you couldn't transfer. You just had to sit out a year. And I, I think there's a lot of merit to finding some sort of happy medium between the old system and the new system. I don't want to go back to the old system. I hate the new system. If I could only pick one, I'd pick the old system. But the old system was also very flawed. They need to completely rethink this because this is just not good for the game. But more importantly, this isn't good for young people. It, it's really not. Now, are there some young people that that need to leave? Yeah, I transferred my freshman year. I don't have a problem against transferring. It just needs to be done a little bit differently than it's that's being done now. It needs to be a little bit more thoughtful. It needs to be, you know, it, 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 you know the, the sitting out thing gets rid of a lot of the tampering that's going on. And uh, it, it gets back to re- re- rewarding you for graduating. As I've said before, one thing I would do is if you redshirt, if you know for whatever reason, you can get that year back, you know, sitting out, you know, you have to sit out. You can get that year back if you graduate, you know. So, like, you play two years somewhere, you have to sit out a season, and then, you know, you, you redshirt as a freshman and you go somewhere else, and then you have to sit out a year. And then you say, well, now I missed two years because I had to sit out here in the front in the red shirt year. You get that back. We'll give that back year back to you if you graduate. That's what I would I would do things. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do to to make this system better. I just don't um, yeah, I just I hate the system that we're in right now, to be honest with you. I really, really do. Last super chat from Lane Stewart. Can Notre Dame talk Braylon James to stay or anyone else to stay? I think they can. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they reached out to Braylon James and talked to him. I don't know that they have. I wouldn't be surprised if they reached out to Chris Tyree. I mean, Rico Flores and Tobias Merriweather, those are done. Those are not happening. And and I, I think reaching out to them would be sort of a waste of time. So that, that those ships have sailed. I mean, could Tyree be convinced? Maybe. This is a guy from Virginia. If Mike Brown's the hire, he's a guy from Virginia. Maybe he reaches out. I, I don't know. I mean, to a degree, I think Notre Dame's just kind of ready to move on with some of these situations, not that they don't love the kids and didn't think they did a good job, but it's kind of like, look, you made your decision. Um, We, we, we made our pitch to get you to keep you to stay. We made our pitch to convince you to stay here, not leave. You didn't buy it. And we're, we're moving on. I I can't, I I wouldn't be shocked if that's kind of where Notre Dame is at this point in time with, uh, with the younger players. Uh, I think that's kind of where they are. And, and that's, I mean, again, they tried, they tried with those guys. It's just, I think that they're ready to ready to move on. All right, Ryan, let's go to the, let me see here. Let's get you over there. Let's go to the next one.
2: Right. Let's
1: get some Riley Leonard questions in here.
2: And VR says, what kind of timeline do you expect for Riley Leonard to announce where he's going next week or two is kind of where I'm at. I don't, I don't don't think, I don't don't think it will drag out like a crazy amount of time. I really don't. I mean, you got to remember these Kids are still in school. Yeah. They've got final. I mean,
1: who was it? What was the coach the other day? They were like, so what are you going to do for the next two weeks? And he's like, well, one, we're going to get back and rest. And then two, uh, our kids got finals this week. <laughs> right. You know, so uh, there's still that stuff going on too. And and these kids are finishing up school. Yep. The difference with like Jordan Clark visiting and Chris Mitchell visiting is they're, they're graduates. Right. So that's why they're, they're making visits. Another yep. Ryan, I'm going to just kind of lean into a lot of these uh, Riley Ryan. Leonard and portal quarterback questions next. Okay. So we can just kind of roll through them all. Sounds as good. we get
2: into him. Jimmy McGill says, who are the needle movers in the portal that Notre Dame has a shot at Riley Leonard and who else?
1: Well, I, I think Chris Mitchell is that kind of guy from the standpoint of not that he is an elite player. Like he's going to come here and do for you. At what, uh, you know, Marvin Harrison jr. Did at Ohio state. I'm not saying that, but what I, what I, what I mean by new needle movers, does he make your situation better? And, and in that regard, I think he does he makes your situation better. Because here's the way I look at it. If Chris Mitchell comes to Notre Dame and does what I think he can do, he's a good football player and, and helps you. If Chris Mitchell comes to Notre Dame and is the player I think he is, but he's not a starter or not a, a volume guy, it means somebody else emerged to be that guy and you're still really good, but even better now. And and so I think he moves the needle in that regard. The receiver room will be better with him in it if he picks, if he picks Notre Dame than it would be without him in it. So to me, that's the definition of a needle mover. Is he a needle mover from the standpoint of because he's coming, he's the reason Notre Dame is a national title contender next year? No, I don't think that. I think he can be part of a big time offense, but I don't know that he's the driving force behind a big time offense. Is that if that makes sense, right? Like he's not going to be yeah. Will Fuller sure. in this offense, yeah. is what I'm referring to.
2: Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think that Riley Leonard would be a needle mover if he is at least what he was in 2022, if not better. I think that that is a needle mover potentially for the quarterback position because he brings something. And I think this is a part of the needle moving conversation, right? Is that Riley Leonard would bring something that you haven't really had in your offense. Just haven't really had it. I mean, you haven't had that dynamic ability at quarterback in a few years now. Like you just haven't had that element. So. At least consistently. I mean, we've seen Tyler Buckner, Buckner sprinkled in when he's been healthy, you know. But Sean like, Kaiser, a yeah, bit. for for a for a long sequence of time, though, you haven't had that dual threat element in your offense. So I think that he would be a needle mover. Are there any other quarterbacks in this system that would be needle movers?
1: I'm not. Well, we sure. actually have a, we have a question about other quarterbacks. Yeah. So we'll we'll get to that here in a second. But okay, like some of the other guys that we're hearing about, I don't know, like. Like Jordan Clark is he a needle mover? No, I don't think he moves the needle. I think he he, you. He, yeah. he makes sure that you don't go backwards. Yeah. If he's the player that 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 you think he is, Ron, I know you sp- spend a lot more time studying his film than I have. Yeah, so I, I have an early opinion, but I'm I'm not going to share it until I've watched. More, like with Chris Mitchell, I've watched, I've broken down probably 15 games between this year and last year. Right, so like I'm totally fine sharing my I mean, going through every game. Jordan Clark, I watched like one and a half games. Saw some things I like, so I'm going to hold off on that. I know you watch them a lot, and yep. you really like them. Does I he like move him, the yeah. needle? No, but he makes sure that you don't take a step back at nickel. Where I think you were pretty good at nickel this year. He makes sure you don't take a step back, and you know. So the, does that needle moving the needle? No, but yep. it, in some instances, right? It's okay to make sure that the needle doesn't move negatively. Sure, right? Like that's so. I mean, it's 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 kind of there's different. Different transfers for different things. Are, are there some other needle movers that they have a shot at?
2: There's a, a couple little... wide receivers that could fill, fill yeah, fill that void. Do they
1: have a shot at those guys? It's a little early for that. I mean, some of these yeah. guys are just jumping in the portal, like the kid from two lanes, just jumping in the portal. Does Bo Collins move the needle? If there's injuries, yes. But if everybody's healthy, he just sustains. no, it's yeah, sustainability. right. Yeah, uh, you know, so so I mean, does does RJ Oben move the needle? from the standpoint of, again, it's just, it's just like this. It's making sure that the needle doesn't go backwards after losing Javante Jean Baptiste, right? Like that's what it would be for me. So, and those guys are important. Those are important players to have. Are there any guys that I've seen right now that are like, wow, like could could? Is there anybody I've seen on the D line that would do for Notre Dame what Braden Fisk might have been able to done for no, do for Notre Dame? No,
2: maybe Walter Nolan, but that's not yeah. Going but to I mean, happen. as far as they have a shot, <laughs>
1: right, right, right. Walter Nolan could move the needle a little bit. Yes. Uh, no, I, I don't think so. I mean, look, guys, the needle is going to be moved next year by the quarterback, and then by what you develop on your roster. Like, there's no left tackle that like if no if there's a if there's a big time left tackle out there that could come in and be the guy for learning next year i'd look at him yeah but who is that guy those guys don't get in the portal very often and when they do they're highly coveted and the the price tag to get those guys is quite high
2: unfortunately even if you get a really because i i do actually think there's a couple good left tackles that are in the portal but like you're they're going to be replacing Joe all so regardless right. they're taking a step back it's right. not like you're like upgrading the right. left tackle position but you're just hoping far? that it doesn't drop Absolutely. off drastically is right. what you're hoping for right now but those guys are expensive and
1: that, that's that's the reality of it and that's that's what Notre Dame is dealing with here so again it, Notre Dame in the portal is maybe going to get one truly big needle mover a year maybe yeah. it really comes down to plugging holes finding fits, you know, having guys can be really good bridge guys to what you have coming along. If Riley Leonard to me, well, Riley Leonard to me on my initial film study is more of a needle mover than Sam Hartman was. Like I said, I had to, I had to be convinced about Sam Hartman, Riley Leonard. And I say that because Riley Leonard can do more things outside of the system. And that's the difference with a quarterback like him and a quarterback like Sam Hartman. Sam Hartman, if the system is working, is very good. But if the receivers aren't playing well, if there's injuries at receiver, if the old line's not playing well, there's not a lot he can do about that. Riley right. Leonard can. Right. And that's the biggest difference. So that's not a shot at Sam Hartman. It's just breaking down the difference in that type of player. So and, and you know, Sam Hartman was great in the system he played in. Yep. But it's just it's just a little bit of a different animal. The regular season is over, but that doesn't mean shopping for tickets has come to an end. Notre Dame still has a big bowl game coming up. It's also holiday season, which means plenty of amazing concerts and shows. And you'll need tickets, especially if you're a last-minute shopper like me. And if you are in need of tickets, game time is the place to go. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The GameTime guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or, and row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. That's
2: GameTime.co. We had Pete who said, Who are the best player comps for Riley Leonard? That's a great question.
1: Somebody asked me this, and, and I said, look, he is, and this is gonna, this is gonna upset some people because this kid is just so alienated, Notre Dame fans. But if we could just kind of go back to To me, he's a more natural throwing version of what we thought Phil Dracovic was going to be in the game, in my view. I think he's a little – he's faster than Phil Dracovic was, and he's a more natural passer. But as far as how he impacts the game, it's similar to what they thought they were getting in Phil Dracovic, right? Mm -hmm. Like a big, tall quarterback that can sit in the pocket and make plays but also do damage when the game breaks down. Now, their skill set is not a direct – correlation i think riley's a little bit more fluid athletically phil was a little bit more physical and stronger riley has a little bit more speed phil had a bigger bigger arm down the field riley's a more natural thrower of the football in my opinion so i'm not talking direct skill set for skill set comp it's more about how they impact the game is is what i'm looking at there beyond that i mean if you're looking for another it's he's Deshaun Kai's without as much downfield arm talent as far as the the way he could impact the game for Notre Dame, in my opinion. That's another similar comp, but I don't know that there's a comp that just jumps out at me, Ryan, is like, yep, that's that's the comp for a guy like him. I just I don't really have one.
2: From a height weight speed perspective and ability to be a little bit of a dual threat, I kind of thought a little bit of Ryan Tannehill when he was at Texas A and M because he was a wide receiver early on in his career when Gerard Johnson was there playing pretty well. And he was kind of that kid. I was just actually just looking up his rushing stats as last year. So he had, he had over 300 yards, 5.3 yards a carry, four touchdowns. So he doesn't run as much as Riley did. Obvi- I mean, Ryan Tannehill didn't run as much as Riley does, but he, he, Ryan Tannehill was six four, two twenty, 220, ran in the four sixes. Like there's some similarities. I think there from a physical perspective, physical talent perspective, potentially. And Ryan Tannehill was also like one of those guys that his arm was good. It was plus from a college perspective, but it was, you know, pretty, it was solid to good on the NFL level. It wasn't like a howitzer, but it was a good live arm, you know, like it was above average. We have a portal question here, Ryan, another portal question here. Pete says, nice article on Chris Mitchell, interesting prospect. What are some of the other names in the wide receiver portal that seem more intriguing for Notre Dame? Any chance ever, anyone opts to come back? Well, I'll answer the last part first, and then, Ryan, I know you've yep. watched a lot more of these kids
1: than I have, so I'll let you answer the first part about some other names. that sure. Not so much that, that Notre Dame is looking at that we know they're looking at, but just some names yep. that you think, if you were in that, office you'd look at uh any chance anyone opts to come back yeah they can all even guys that have put their name in the portal today you can always withdraw your name they're all options to come it's always a chance I just I just don't know that Notre Dame is going to necessarily go that route you know maybe they Mm -hmm. talk to Chris Tyree again and maybe he can you know the new coach could connect with him you know maybe they talk to Braylon James again those are the two most likely options at this point in time um, yeah. The other two, as I said before, are not are not options. I mean, they're they're the, the ship has sailed in my opinion. Yeah. Those two.
2: Well, a couple wide receivers uh, that I would keep an eye on if I was Notre Dame. Two, I think. Well, one definitely makes a lot of sense, and he's a graduate from Vanderbilt. Will Shepard, He's an outside receiver. Listed. He's listed like six three one ninety. He's probably more in the six foot two and a half range. Probably closer to two hundred. But he's that boundary receiver, big body, good catch radius, physical type of kid on the outside. I don't think he's necessarily a burner, but he's got a huge catch radius and he really plays for contact well. Another one, if Notre Dame looking for a guy that's more of a dynamic space player, there's an underclassman out of Vanderbilt as well, Jaden McGowan, who's in the transfer portal as well. Now, he's small. He's more like the Chris Tyree size of a wireless inside receiver, but that kid is dynamic in space. You can give him jet sweeps. You can throw him screens. He can make some work after catch. But another guy that really has popped to me that I've really liked watching Michael Pratt over the last couple of years, especially this year, is Chris Brazell Jr., who's an outside receiver. He's listed at like 6'5", 195 pounds, 200 pounds. The kid is super long. The kid can run for days. He's like a greyhound playing outside the numbers. So I think that he potentially could take the top off a little bit. Again, he's an underclassman. I have no idea if he's even a guy that Notre Dame could even get into school. I have no idea if he's a good student. No idea at all. But I already mentioned Deion Colsey's is really your only outside receiver that brings that high-level length and explosiveness down the field right now with Braylon James transferring, with Tobias Merriweather transferring. I think Chris Brazell would give you that potential outside the, the numbers type of, of talent. But, I mean, there's a lot of guys out there right now. I, I think that there's, it's a really good wide receiver market in the yeah. transfer portal, but the two Vanderbilt kids and then Brazell out of Tulane are guys that ha- would have my interest right now. Somebody asked this,
1: Ryan, um, we have a couple, couple more questions about Riley Leonard. Somebody says, any yep. idea where things stand with Riley Leonard? I mean, they're pretty much where they were last week. Notre Dame is he's yep. their top portal That's option. Yep. There's some things Riley Leonard has to finish up a Duke. There's a couple other schools talking to him. Uh, we think Notre Dame is in a pretty good spot for that one right now. And then there was another question down here that I wanted to get to about Riley Leonard from Stubcast, who is literally, yep. I'm not going to say it. I'm going to be nice. So, uh, would you personally want Cam Ward or Riley Leonard? For me, Ryan, it's Riley Leonard. I think Riley Leonard, this offense, it's Riley Leonard. Exactly, yeah. Riley yep. Leonard is much more of a fit for this offense. Yeah, uh, he is. He is especially with what we know or what we think Jared Parker wants to do with this offense. Look, True. here's a reality, and, and there's zero doubt about this. This offense was Jared Parker trying to tailor what he wants to do to the personnel he had. That's what this year's offense was. We can discuss whether it was good or bad or whatever. That's that's not the point. The point, however, is, is that he's now recruiting to – and that's what you need to do. Build the offense around what you have. Don't be that coach that says, well, we suck this year because I want to run this and we didn't have the personnel for that. Nope, don't do that. Build around what you have, but then recruit to what you want. And Riley Leonard is much more what he wants. Now, that that doesn't mean that Cam Ward's not a guy that can make plays with his legs. He clearly can. I just think Cam yeah, Ward to exactly. me is more of like an air raid guy kind of guy. You know, where Riley Leonard, I think, is is a better fit for what Notre Dame wants to do in this offense. They're both very good quarterbacks. I would argue, you could argue, I, I wouldn't argue this because I, I need to watch some film of a couple more guys, but you could argue that those are the two best portal quarterbacks this year are, are, are Riley Leonard and Cam Ward. You could make that case. I think I would argue that. Which one that fits thing. what you do better? I think it's right. Riley Leonard. I think that's really what it comes down to for me.
2: Yep, he's better in this offense. There's a couple offenses that... I think Cam Ward would be a better fit for potentially like Cam Ward going out to USC would make a lot more sense to me than Riley Leonard going out to USC for it. Like that one would make a lot more sense. So
1: agree. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, Oregon to me, I would would say I I would, I would actually think I would actually think Riley Leonard would be better for that one than Cam Ward. Um, But I think when you look at, when you look at like Ohio state, I think Cam Ward would be a little bit better fit for Ohio state. I'm just thinking of some of the different schools, Uh, Mississippi state would Riley Leonard to me, or excuse me, Cam Ward, I think would fit that a little bit better. Uh, so, I mean, there's, that's all part of it is you can say, this guy's better than that guy or this guy's better than that guy. It's about who's the better fit for what you're doing of the top players. And, and I think that he is certainly, and I'll tell you what, man, that the, the quarterback portal, uh, board just got a lot bigger, and college yes. football in the last couple of days, man.
2: Well, I, I, I wasn't anticipating the Dylan Gabriels of the world and such. Yeah. In the portal. But, yeah.
1: yeah. I, and there's a question about that. I'm trying to find Ryan. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll jump into the, the overalls, but here, here was one yep. here. Um, I'll ask it. I'll let you answer it, Ryan. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I know what I think. Mm-hmm. And I think people already know what I think. Dylan Gabriel, is Dylan Gabriel a fit at Notre Dame? Is he just chasing dollars and hyping his brand? So I know you have a little bit of insight into yes. the latter part. I think you can, yep.
2: can, you share that, Ryan? I can share. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yep. As far as a fit for Notre Dame, your thoughts on that, Ryan?
2: Now, I mean, he is a, he is a very scheme specific quarterback on the college level. I think he is perfect for Jeff Levy. You know, Jeff Levy is a outside. He's a air raid guy in the similar sense, right? Outside v- vertically oriented, but also heavy RPO implications and move move around a little bit. And I think Dylan Gabriel in that type of offense is a good player. I mean, he threw 30 touchdowns this year. He ran the ball a little bit. I think Dylan Gabriel in that specific offense is good. For Notre Dame, nah, I don't think he fits what Notre Dame wants to do. So I would be a pass for me.
1: Now, the second part, Ryan, about yep. is him jumping in the portal, just him chasing dollars and hyping
2: yep. your brand. No, well, hey, he might get end up getting some dollars out of the situation, but the, the situation that I've been told is that, there were some people on the Oklahoma staff that were ready to make this switch after the buy after Texas. They were ready to put Jackson Arnold in to end the season. Cause they're ready for Jackson Arnold to be the guy in Oklahoma. So this is just, I think a simple situation of Dylan Gabriel was a Jeff Levy guy, Jeff Levy guy. And that's why he started all year. That's cause that's Jeff Levy's dude. He'd been coaching him since he was at UCF. That was his guy. Once Jeff Levy left, I think it was all but a foregone conclusion at that point that it would be time to turn the page to the Jackson Arnold era because I'm told that a lot of people are very high on Jackson Arnold in that program. And so I think that that's kind of the big situation that's happening now. And I think Dylan Gabriel is going to end up again, like Corey to to the, you know, chasing dollars. Like I think he's going to end up being okay in that department because of this move. But I don't think that this was all a Dylan Gabriel move. I think that this was mostly Oklahoma also wanting to turn the page a little bit. And and here's here's also the challenge that Oklahoma faces, Ryan. If you don't
1: start, if you don't say, hey, Jackson, you're our guy, you then run the risk of losing him as well. That's just, I mean, that's just the nature of the world we live in now. Yeah. So sometimes you got to make a decision between a sixth year guy that is he is what he is, or and he's got one year left, or do we make the transition out of the younger guy, knowing we're gonna have to make some mistakes and deal with some mistakes. But then when you combine that with the fact that there's a transition happening in OC, I think the timing was perfect for Oklahoma to make that decision. So I don't I don't even yeah. fault Oklahoma for it uh, in this particular instance, but it's just the nature of college football that we're yep. in now at this yep. point in time. A couple other things, Ryan, that, that there were some questions about this that I want to address because I, I I strongly disagree with the the premise. And i I've, I've but I've seen this mentioned a lot, so I, I did want to okay. address it.
2: Okay. We had SW2205 say, I really like Riley Leonard's talent, but can you point to a year one transfer that has played at a playoff caliber level? Jaden Daniels, Michael Penix, Bo Nix, even Joe Burrow needed an extra year. I yeah, I was really good. You wrongly disagree <laughs> with a yeah. lot of this. but' was actually good as a
1: first-year player. Yes, too. Yeah. here's the deal: just because their team wasn't playoff caliber doesn't mean those players didn't play like playoff caliber guys. And it and it goes deeper than that. And Michael Penix's first year at Washington, he threw for four thousand six hundred and forty-one yards, thirty-one touchdowns, and had four rushing touchdowns, he had thirty-five touchdowns. Yeah. And his team, Washington, went from having a coach that just got fired because they went 4-8 and eight to 11-2 and two the next season. They went from 21.5 points per game to 39.7. So so you use Penix. Now, however, I wouldn't use Penix as an argument for why Riley Leonard is going to work in Notre Dame, just like I wouldn't use Caleb Williams, who transferred over and played like a playoff-caliber quarterback, because those guys were transferring into a system they'd already played in. I don't sure. think those are fair. Those, to me, if I was going to use them as examples of why Riley Leonard could work, to me – that is – I'm ignoring the context that makes their situation different than Riley Leonard. So I wouldn't even use those guys. Here's a couple that I would use. Bo Nix is one. Ryan, I mean, because because you, you've talked about this. Like you were really down on Bo Nix yeah. when he came to o- Oregon because Auburn. why? He watched all his film at Auburn. Right. right? Yeah. I mean, you're talking about a kid that the previous year – had thrown for 2,200 yards, 11 touchdowns, three picks, he only averaged 7.1 yards per, per per attempt. The year before that, he threw for 2,400 yards, 12 touchdowns, seven picks, 6.8 yards per attempt. And then as a freshman, had 16 touchdowns and 6.7 yards per attempt. And then he goes to Oregon, he jumps up to 8.8. I mean, yeah. Oregon was good last year because of – I mean, a lot of it was because of the job Bo Nix did. He went from a guy whose career high in passing yards was his freshman year with 2,542 yards. His highest touchdown number was 16 to a guy that in his first year as a starter in a new system with an OC he didn't coach play with before, completed 71.9% of his passes, which was over a 10% jump from his previous career high. He he went 1,000 yards greater as a passer, 3,593, and had 29 touchdowns and he also had a career-high in rushing yards at 510 and a career-high in rushing touchdowns with 14. So Bo Nix absolutely played at a playoff caliber in his first year. Uh, another quarterback that played at a playoff caliber his first year who didn't have near the track record Riley Leonard did, Hendon Hooker. Yeah. Now, they decided to start Joe Milton for some ungodly reason that year. But once they finally put Hendon Hooker in the game, right? His first year as his first year at Tennessee, and he passed for 2945 yards, 9.7 yards per attempt, 31 touchdowns, three picks, 613 rushing yards and five touchdowns. His career high passing yards before he came to Tennessee was 1500. I was, was sub
2: 2000, yeah. Yes. Yeah. He
1: was barely over two thousand. Actually, I think he was under two thousand yards for his entire career, His first two years, Ryan. So he, so his, so he had thirteen thirty nine the year before he came, and in twenty nineteen he had fifteen hundred and fifty five, and then in two thousand eighteen I don't think he attempted a pass. He did not attempt to pass. So his first two years at, in 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 college, uh, let me see here, fifteen hundred and fifty five plus. 1339 equals 2,894 yards. He topped that in one year That's wild. at Tennessee. He yeah. had thrown 22 career touchdowns. He beat that by nine <laughs> at Tennessee and still rushed for the same amount of yards, basically, he rushed for the year before at, at Virginia Tech. So you didn't lose the running ability and you added a guy that could throw the football like a champ. So that's another example. Here's another example. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts completely changed offenses his fifth year going to to Oklahoma. And not only did he play like a playoff quarterback, he was a playoff quarterback at Oklahoma that year. And I would argue that wasn't a great Oklahoma team. It wasn't. I think Jalen Hurts did a lot to elevate that team and make them a playoff team. And when we saw when they got to the playoff, how that was a very flawed team that Jalen Hurts masked a lot of that team's flaws. It's not that they didn't have talent, but it's hard playoff talent. That was not a vintage Oklahoma football team. But Jalen Hurts put that team on his shoulder, right? And those are just the guys off the top of my head that kind of pop pop in there off the top of my head as far mm-hmm. as transfer quarterbacks that came in there. And in year one, mm-hmm. played like championship caliber, or like playoff caliber quarterback. So I think this notion that, that guys needed two years is just – it's just not accurate, and and also yeah. most playoff teams don't need to go to the portal for a quarterback. You're going to the portal because you're not that caliber team, and so you need to go there. That there, yeah. so it's it's a different, it's a completely different situation. Agree than than what we've seen. So, um, yeah, I mean, and there's other guys that needed two years. Quinn Ewers needed a second year, but he was a young player. I mean, he was a redshirt freshman who should have been a true freshman in college. Remember that last year with Quinn Ewers with all his struggles. Yeah. Yes, he was a redshirt freshman, but he skipped. It. He he had graduated early, 2021 or 2022. Last season should have been Quinn Ewers' first true freshman year if he didn't skip a senior high school to go to Ohio State. Yeah, so it's a different situation because he was a younger player. So I, I think there's plenty of examples. And then you know, like Cam Ward needed a second year, but that's because he was making a jump from FCS to Power Five. So there's there every circumstance is different. Will Riley Leonard be that guy? I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and promise you guys that Riley Leonard is going to play like a power five playoff quarterback next year. I'm not guaranteeing you that. What I am saying, however, is he is absolutely has the kind of talent. And and I'm more certain that he can play like a playoff caliber quarterback next year than I am that Steve Angeli, Kenny Minchie, or CJ Carr can play like a playoff caliber quarterback next year. Now, could those guys? Potentially. If they have a breakout, but I I know what Riley Leonard can do against a defense like Notre Dame. I know what Riley Leonard can do against Clemson. I know what Riley Leonard – look, Riley Leonard needed Sam Hartman being Hercules at the end of that game to, to to for Duke not to win that game. They beat Clemson, and when he got hurt against Florida State, they were winning against Florida State when he got hurt, and he was doing that on one leg. So this is a kid to me that um, has proven himself. Does that mean he'll be a playoff-caliber quarterback? No, it doesn't guarantee that. It just—if you're a betting man, and you had to lay odds on who—if—if if this was a Vegas thing, who would have the highest odds? If they say which Notre Dame quarterback's going to play like a playoff caliber quarterback in 2024, Riley Leonard's going to have way higher odds than the other guys. Now, if we're talking about for the future, different story. Could Kenny minty or CJ Carr be that guy next year? Yeah, sure, they could. But when was the last time you saw a team with a true freshman quarterback go play for the college football playoff? happen a ton right right so who who, what what grade are the four quarterbacks in this year's so you have michigan's a number one their guy's a third year guy junior yeah right you have number two washington their guy's a sixth year guy i believe i think so yeah yeah Quinn Ewers is a third year guy yep should be a second year guy but again he did have an extra year of college football under his belt and then jalen milrow is a third year guy i believe as well
2: yes yeah, so, so Richard, a sophomore, but right. third-year guy, yep.
1: Right, so, you know, you don't have any of those guys in this. And, and then the, the team that should have got in, their quarterback's a sixth-year guy. You know, uh, the team that's number six, Georgia, their guy's a third-year guy. So, I mean... No, who was not who ended up being number seven Ohio State there's a third year guy. So I mean there were none of those teams were going out there I mean so I could point to that and have more evidence of that this season than guys you know portal guys not being that guy in year one so but I've seen that a lot Ryan and and, and I understand it and I think because of the the guys that are playing so because I don't know how many people paid attention to Michael Penix last year but I'm telling you yeah. he he, he a matter of fact right he's actually was oh and and by the way he wasn't nearly as good as he was this year, but Jaden Daniels was pretty freaking good in his first year at LSU. Yeah, he was good. Yeah, he
2: was good. I mean, he
1: passed for 2,900 yards and, and 17 touchdowns, only three picks, and he rushed for 885 yards and 11 touchdowns. He wasn't great, but, I mean. He's still good, though. He yeah. was a pretty good player for them last yeah. year. And, uh, you know, when, when they lost games, it you know, I know he got a lot of the blame because that's just the way it is for quarterbacks. But, you know, J- Jalen Daniels was a pretty good player in his first year, too.
2: Well, I mean, if if you would let uh, LSU fans run it, then uh, D- uh, Garrett Musmeyer would have been the starter to true. start this season, which would have very, been very true, stupid, but yeah.
1: very true, very true. I mean, yeah, yeah, but f- fair question. But I I just wanted to kind of kind of explain that because I have seen quite a few people bring that up, and it's you know because I I think it's a fair question to ask, Ryan, right? because you need to be able to look at trends. Like, okay, you're at you're you're thinking you're going to do something that nobody else has ever done, maybe everything has to happen a first time somewhere. So I I think it'd be a fair question to ask. I just, I just don't think it's, I just don't think it's accurate.
2: Right. We had a super chat from Paul Moles Olmstead. Paul, thank you so much. Sorry if this has been brought up, but I just got here. What is your take on why Kyle McCord from Ohio state jumped in the portal? Paul, on the message board, you would know exactly why he jumped into the portal last week. it was <laughs> on the message board, actually. Yeah, oh. yeah. I, I mean, so I can put it on the universe. I had put a, a little intel on some of the, the transfer portal quarterbacks that are potentially going to be in. That was before even Riley Leonard was in, Cam Ward, like a couple of the guys that you had even declared yet. I mean, Paul, basically, Ohio State wasn't sold on Kyle McCord. They just weren't. They just weren't. That's where you were. And they were going to be doing their due diligence in the portal. And I think there was kind of a signal of like, you know, Kyle, catch catch the hint there, right? That they're doing their due diligence in the portal. They're not doing it to just bring in a young guy to improve the depth of the room. There was some serious concerns of whether Kyle McCord is that guy for Ohio State moving forward. There, I think there's kind of a mix in that building as of if he was the guy or he wasn't the guy. And I think he caught the hint. He entered the portal and he's going to take his game somewhere else. That's. That's so what the situation is. It's very simple, man. Ohio State wanted to upgrade the quarterback, uh, quarterback room through the portal, and Kyle McCord decided that he wasn't a part of the future plans. That's, that's it, man. Yeah. Nothing I, super controversial there either. Yeah. I mean, it just that no. is what it is. So and
1: again, I don't I don't love that that's the way it is nowadays. But look, if you're gonna go try to replace him, then he has the right to leave. I mean, it's a two-way street, right? I mean, yeah.
2: I don't mind him making the move at all.
1: He's only making the move because they're using the system to go get somebody else. And the old system, Kyle McCord stays and he gets better and he develops. And I think this is a bit of a panic move by Ryan Day, to be honest with you. And uh, instead of just, you know, coaching the kid up and getting him ready to go, it's like, let's go try to, you know, find a a quick fix. We'll see if it works or not. It's going to be interesting. There's no doubt about that. By the way, here's a, hold on a second. Um, Justin Fields. I believe also was a guy that um, wasn't he in the 2018
2: class. Yeah. He threw like 40 touchdowns as a first. Yeah. Year, so,
1: and he hardly played his as, as a freshman at, uh, I just thought about this. He hardly played as a freshman at, at Georgia except on fake punts. Right. Oh, well, still one of the worst calls ever goes to Ohio state gets immediate eligibility. And he passes for 3,273 yards, 41 touchdowns, and three picks, and then rushes yep. for 484 yards and 10 more touchdowns and leads them to a playoff berth. Yes. So, uh, again, more examples of guys who were able to play at a high level in their first year as transfer quarterbacks.
2: Yep. All right. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know we had a new question. It's off. my uh, fault. It's my me. fault.
1: I brought the question up and then started talking about good. something else, so that's on me. Very good.
2: Big Hoss, watching Louisville play on Saturday just makes it more un- unbelievable that Notre Dame lost to that team.
1: Well, I don't think you got – just like, here's the deal. Notre Dame did not play at their best against Louisville, and that was one of the best games Louisville played all year. That was not a very good game for Louisville. That is not, a to me, a typical Louisville game. And Florida State's defense was playing at an elite level. Because you and I have talked about this, Ryan. When you lose your starting quarterback, a lot of times what you'll see – is other parts of your team raise their that's what good teams do. The other parts raise their game. The Florida State defense knew if we're gonna, if we're gonna win this game and dominate, we gotta dominate because we're playing a true freshman third string quarterback. And that's what I think you saw. And you just saw that um, you know, just on that day, Louisville wasn't very good. Louisville's a good football team, but to your point, everything I just said does not change the premise of what you said, which is Nerdame had no business losing to Louisville this year. None. Yeah. Yeah. And and so uh, I I don't disagree with that. All I'm going to simply say is that's a ten and three football team. Like Jeff Brom did a great job in year one. Great job. In, and there's some. I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan, but there's some like, there's NFL players on both sides of that football for that football team.
2: Oh, yeah. Javari Thrash will get drafted. Ashton Gelati on the defensive line will get drafted. Probably Quincy Riley will get drafted. Like, yeah, there's some. And NFL if Jordan
1: players. was a little bigger, I would imagine you'd think he probably be, Ju- be drafted too. He, if he, he might get drafted.
2: I mean, he's going to the Senior Bowl. So, yeah. I mean, he's getting a look. I mean, we'll see. I mean, it's just the the running backs getting drafted at below 200 pound threshold. That's like, what I'm saying. Like, yeah. if he was
1: bigger, that's, that's my point. If he he's was still bigger, like Drafted though, he's
2: looking drafted, but
1: he's a dynamic player.
2: Yeah, Um, great, great college player.
1: So those are those are things that I look at, Ryan, and I say, hey, listen, that's a good football team. Just like Marshall was a good football team, just like Tulsa was a good football team in 2010. None of those teams had any business beating Notre Dame the years that they beat them. None. Yeah. Uh, So I, I feel your pain, but I just I also watched that game, Ryan, and I was like, I've watched a lot of Louisville this year, and I've seen them play a lot better than that. But I've also yep. seen them play just like that at times. That's exactly yeah. how they played against NC State. It's just that NC State isn't as good as Florida State and couldn't take advantage of it.
2: Louis, Louis, I think it's very easy here Big because, one, it's college football. Anything could happen. It's literally like it's so volatile nowadays. But Louisville's a good team. Notre Dame was a more talented team. Right. Louisville played well. Notre Dame did not. And on that Florida State game, Florida State's defense Played a great game, a yeah. great game. They were incredible in that game. But. And
1: and to back up your it's college football, did you guys watch Alabama just bully Georgia for 60 yeah. minutes? That's the same team that a week before needed a fourth and goal miracle from the 31-yard line to beat Auburn. Yep. Guys, that's just college football. Nobody plays elite every week. Nobody no. does.
2: Uh, we're still we're still talking about young men. Unless here, you play just play. a bunch of crap teams, <clears throat> Michigan, yeah.
1: it just doesn't happen week after week. You just don't see it.
2: Hey man, they just keep winning though. Yeah, the Michigan team, they just keep winning. Yeah. <laughs>